First Kings chapter 18, we're going to start reading verse 41 here in a minute. I'm going to ask you a question this morning before we start. When you got up this morning, what were you thinking about? Sleep. <laughs> Somebody said sleep. What was on your mind? Was it on your mind today that I'm going to make a renewed commitment to God? That I'm going to go into His house and I'm going to worship Him like I've never worshipped Him before? That I'm going to discover, if I already haven't discovered, that God in His ultimate wisdom decided that He had something special for me to do. Before the foundation of this world, God saw you, God knew you. And He knew what He had picked out for you to accomplish. Paul says, I run the race of life. And all of us here this morning, if we're children of God, we're on a race of life. And on that race of life, there are many things that are trying to interrupt God's gift that He's given you. Nobody's been left out. It doesn't matter what your gift is that God gave you. He said, I want you to finish the task. And so we're running the race of life and, there, and Satan puts up the signs on the side of the road of life. And he says, they don't care if you finish or not. Why worry about doing all those things for God? Why don't you just step back a little bit and just kind of let life be fun? For a child of God, fun is serving the Lord. And God has something for you to do this morning. You know what it is. If I believe what the Bible teaches, the Holy Spirit comes into a child of God on the, the moment he is saved. And that Holy Spirit starts stirring in our hearts and our minds the thing that God wants us to accomplish. And so, we're running the race of life. And Paul, I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit, said, I'm running the race of life and, I, I, and I'm looking for the finish line. Because at the end of the finish line, I'll hear something from my Savior that he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now I want you to think this morning, as you're running the race of life, and you've let all these things pull at your heart and your mind, and you don't make it. The, the one thing that God gave you that would put some zing in your life, that would give you a focus on why you're here. I mean, folks, we're, we're not here just to be born and die. Amen. God has something. We were made in His image, and God has something special for each and every one of us. And so He says, I want you to finish it because at the end of it, you'll see me, but you'll also see that you accomplish what I gave you to accomplish. No matter how big or how small it is, See, God looks at things different than you and I do. You may say, Brother Doug, what I've got is some simple something. I, I can catch up when I, get, when I get behind or it's not important. Everybody is important in this church because we have something to do. And you fit the part that God has for this church. 
You're here not by accident. You're here by the will of God in your life. And we need to discover what God, what it is God uh, wants us to do. And when we discover it, we need to accomplish the task. And that's what we're going to talk about. Spiritual persistence. And I'm going to tell you up front. Everything will be put in your way for you to fail at it. Everything Satan can do does not want you to make it there. Because when you're, when you're going on that race of life and you're in the will of God and you see what's in front of you, that's when you and I come alive as people. Elijah found that out in Elijah 18, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I'll get my mouth right here in a minute. 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 41. If you'll stand with us, please. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the abundance of rain. And Ahab went up to eat and, and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he uh, cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go by now, look toward the sea. And he went and looked and, and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee. Lord Jesus, we love you today and we praise you for the opportunity that you've given us. We pray, Lord, we'll say those things that bring you honor and glory. That's our goal and that's our desire today. For we ask it in your precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you read in chapter 17, verse 1, you'll see God gave Ahab, I meant gave Elijah a task. One task. And that was to say when the rain was going to stop and when it would start. Doesn't sound much, does it? But here I want to share something with you that's very important that we're going to discover about Elijah this morning. Elijah, number one, was faithful. And number two, he always kept his spiritual eyes open. Because in between telling the people that the rain was going to stop, that the drought was going to start, to telling them it was going to rain again, God done some marvelous things in Elijah's life. Christian, let me share something with you. God's going to call you to do something. And He's going to say, for me, He's going to say, Brother Doug, I want you to be persistent at what I've given you to do. Because in between what I have for you to do is some beautiful things that I want to show you on the road of life. Elijah stood up, and if you read the chapters above, you'll discover that Elijah slew 850 prophets of Baal. And he called down fire from heaven. And it consumed the altar. And it consumed the burnt offering. And it was the most, one of the most powerful demonstrations of God's power found anywhere in the Scriptures. Now here's what Elijah could have done. 
He could have said, God, that was great. I'm going to start me a fire down from heaven ministry. Oh, that's what would have happened in today's time. We'd have had a bunch of preachers starting a new ministry. Because it would be about them. But here's what Elijah did. Elijah said in his own mind, God, that was exciting and that was great. But I want to keep my focus on the rain. I want to be there to tell it when it's going to rain again. I don't want to get sidetracked on on the things of life and miss out what you've given me, the most important thing you've given me to do. Christian, let me share something with you. Don't miss what God has for your life. Don't miss the excitement and the joy contentment and the strength and the guidance all those things God gives us in other words God has given me something to do and I love it I love it I love teaching God's word and I love preaching God's word and it's what makes between it and Linnell is what makes me have zing in my life because she's part of my ministry too so I go out. Now, when God says, okay, Brother Doug, your mind's not going to work and I start to forget what I need to preach and teach, I'll understand that, that I need to stop. But here's the deal. I will have made the place that God intended for me to make. Christian, every one of you and I have that in life. You say, Brother Doug, I, I got up this morning, I'm going to tell you uh, it was so hard to get, to get to church. I just had to make myself get up out of bed. and I was sleepy. and uh, uh, I come in church and here's what preachers do. They'll ask somebody how they're doing and oh, it's been a bad week. And Before you start to preach, you so down. That's why Brother George don't talk very much before he preaches on Sunday. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just been a struggle, Brother Doug. And I... I don't know how I'm going to make it and, and life's not uh, fair and, uh, and, and God ain't answered my prayers and it's just miserable, miserable, miserable. You know what I want to tell them? I want to tell them you need to get a life. You need to get the, get the life that God has for you because when you discover what God has for you... Now, I may, you and I may think it's simple. But when I discover what God has for me, that's what changes my life. That's the reason Christians come to church every Sunday feeling like they do because they put what God wanted them to do to the wayside. That's right. They believe the lie of the world. Elijah could have focused on the event. I mean, he could have got caught up in, in uh, uh, how great it was. Oh God, this is great. I mean, God, I've I made it. I've done it. And today Christians are, are sitting by the wayside because they forgot how to be uh, spiritually persistent in their life. They've lost the joy and the drive and, and, and the relationship with God because they forgot to be persistent in their spiritual walk with God. When God wrote down in heaven what it is for you to do, heaven, the angels in heaven applauded. That's what you got for your whole life. That's what gives you the, what life is all about. But Elijah said, no. 
God gave me something important to do. The rain ain't come yet. I'm gonna, I, I, I want to be there to tell Ahab the rain's coming. That's the assignment God gave me in, in life. What does God gave you in life? You're not careful that success, the successes you experience today will cause us to never complete God's assignments. And can I give you a word for that? If we don't complete it, it's called disobedience. Now, we were talking in our class on Sunday night out of 1 John. There are two things that God gives the church member. One of them is obedience. You cannot enjoy the Christian life if you're not obedient to God. Amen. Hey, and I can make all the excuses to God I want to. And God's saying, do you not understand, Brother Doug? you got the Holy Spirit living in you. you got a risen Savior that saved your life. Do you not realize I'm God and I can do all things that I want to do? Wait, don't, Brother Doug, don't tell me you can't do it. I want you to be obedient. And when we discover that obedience is what opens up the things in a Christian's life, then we're on the right track. And then we can have a life that's exciting. And then we've made a commitment that works. I want to share with you about five things Elijah did. And they're all important. Number one. Elijah separated himself. If I'm going to complete what God wants me to do, I've got to separate myself. The verse says, and he's, uh, and verse 42, And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Carmel was where the fire came down. In other words, Elijah said, that might have been a, 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 something great, but I, here's what I, I'm going to do. I'm going to separate myself. I'm going to go back to where my prayers are answered. Amen. Yeah. Do you know why Christians are weak? And they give up? And they quit? And let me, this, is, this is free. When I do that, I'm the most miserable person on this earth. But why they do that? They don't have a prayer life. They don't have a place that they can go and meet God every day. Elijah's was Mount Carmel. You know why? Because that was where the victory at. It reminded him of the power of God in his life. That's what prayer does. That's why Jesus, if you read the, the accounts of Christ, went up to the top of the mountain and prayed. Went up to the top of the mountain and prayed. Went up to the top of the mountain and prayed. In other words, that was where He met the Father. If you and I don't have a place that, God, that we meet with God, we'll never make it in the Christian life. Because prayer opens up the power of God in my life. Here's what we do. We'll stay down here among everybody. Now your place of prayer can be anywhere. But we'll, we'll stand around in the confusion, the noise, and the distractions of life. Oh, sometimes mama kids get on your nerves, right? Somebody say amen. Okay, I don't want to be left alone. Even that uh, uh, sweet grandbaby I got, 
When he wants me to walk him around, I've got to get up and walk him around. That's what makes him happy. But we need, we need a place that we meet with God and we wait and we seek at His will in our life. Not go to a prayer and say, Okay, God, I'm here. Give it to me. I don't want Brother Doug said, I found my place. Give it to me. No, we're talking about a place where we open the Word of God. We're talking about a place where we, where we seek the face of God. We're talking about a place that God has showed us victory, victory, victory. Why in the world would not a child of God go to the place that they've already had the victory in their life and that place is on our knees in the presence of the living God seeking His will for our life. Today, I'll ask you today, did you pray before you came to church? Well, I can't get nothing out of Brother Jordan, Brother Doug's messages. I don't know what's wrong. Everybody else is saying amen, clapping, all that kind of stuff. But I don't, I'm not getting it. Because you didn't meet with God before you got here. Because you met with the world. And the world will tear you down. Today, make a commitment to God that you're going to meet Him every day. That's what Elijah did. Secondly, Elijah humbled himself. The most valuable moment is right after a victory. I'm going to give you some words of advice to an old preacher from an old preacher. The next time that you have victory in your life, that's the time that you need to find your prayer place and you need to sit in the presence of God because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Satan's going to come and wear you out. Because he doesn't want you to make make have another victory in your in your life, and so I need to I need to have that place, and I need to go to it, and I need to get on my knees. And and, and the verse, if you read in the verse there, forty two, it says Elijah went up, got down, and put his head between his knees. I was going to demonstrate that to y'all, and I tried it, but I can't do it no more. <laughs> Who's young? Somebody come up here. Come on. Get up here. Come on. Somebody come up and do it. Come up here, Cody. Get up over where everybody can see it. Get down on your knees and put your head between your knees. No, on your knees. There you go. Thank you. You know what this, you know what that sign means? God, I've come to humble myself before the living God. I'll ask you a question. Some of us are like me, we can't do that anymore, but we can do something that'll humble. When's the last time that I humbled myself in the presence of God and said, God, I know what's coming. I know Satan's going to wear me out. I know life's going to be miserable. I understand that. I need to humble myself before the living God who can change my life anytime He wants to. And God, I need you in my life to discover what you have for me. When's the last time you met God and then humbled yourself before the living God? Then Elijah was precise. Let me read the verse. 
and I've lost it. Here we are. 43 said, And he said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. He said, Go look. While Elijah was praying in his place, while Elijah was humbling himself, he sent his service to look for the rain coming out of the, from the, off the ocean. How are you precise in your prayer life? Do you say, God, would you bless me today? Now, there's nothing wrong with that. God, would you work everything out today? What we need to say is, God, this is what I'm going through. This is what my family is facing. This is what I think I Father, from you. And Father, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to talk to you, and I want you to reveal to me what I need to do for me, my family, my church, whatever I'm facing in life. I need to be precise. I need to say, God, this is what I need. God speaks. And He'll tell us, maybe we're going in the wrong direction. But God will tell us what direction we need to go in. In other words, when I want something from God, I need to be precise and say, God, this is what I need. I need you in my life, number one. I need to experience your power in my life, number two. And God, I need your help, number three. And this is what I'm facing, God. And I'm expecting you to help. And there ain't nothing wrong praying like that. God says, God's people, that's where we fail. We say, well, we can't talk to God like that. Listen, folks, if I'm thinking it, it might as well come out of my mouth because God already knows it anyway. I need to lift up my voice. When's the last time you look for a sign of rain in your life? You're, you're, you're dry, your family's dry, everything, it just, you, just, you know when somebody gets dry, they just kind of shrivel up. And people, Christians, get shriveled up uh, spiritually. And I need to have in my life a prayer that says, God, I don't need to be shriveled up. I'm looking for the rain. I'm looking for you to refresh me and uplift me and to encourage me. Elijah expected God to bring the rain and his God brought it. Amen. You expect God to do anything? Number four, Elijah was persistent. Verse 43 says, And he went up and looked. And he said, Go again seven times. Here's what us good Baptists do. Since I'm a Baptist, I can talk about them. And I love them. Okay? Here's what us Baptists do. We'll say, God, I ask you for that prayer, so I guess you don't want me to have it because you didn't give it to me right then. And then we go through life missing what God has for us. When was the last time I was persistent? You know, sometimes we had a friend at Samaritan. He died of cancer last week. And his life, he'd been on the streets and everything, and he got his life clean. 
And he wasn't on the alcohol anymore. And he became a, 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 a man. A man. Took responsibility. Had a job. And he was dying of cancer. And he went. He had seven things he wanted to do in his life. And he got all seven of them done before he died. Loved him. Loved him. And me and Linnell would pray. Pray, pray, pray. Persistent. God, heal him. Touch his life. God did touch his life. He brought him to Samaritan to get to know Christ and his life was changed. And I would, it was at the funeral home and I, they sent me in there about 15 minutes already in the back room and said, we'll come get you when we're ready. And I said, okay. When I went back, there were about 15, 20 people there. I come out of that room and I thought I was in the wrong funeral. It was packed. And I thought to myself, this man who was on the streets has got a funeral house full of people. You see what God done in his life. God took care of Rob. Are you prayer? You give up after the first time. Well, God must not want me to have it. Well, I tell you what, this is the way I look at it. I'm going to keep praying it because He just might want me to have it. And I want it. I want every promise God says I can have in in His Word because I'm a child of the King. They belong to me. And then lastly, he said, you go back and look seven times. And he came back, and if you read the scriptures, he said, there's a cloud out there, Elijah, big as a man's hand. That's it. I want you to see what Elijah said. And he said, get up, say unto Ahab, prepare to prepare your chariot or put your mud grips on your chariot and get thee down that the, the rain that the rain stop thee not. The rain was coming. He just, I, no bigger than a hand. And Elijah said, I believe God and I'm confident in God and that rain's going to come out of that, that cloud as big as a hand. And, and it, thunderstorms come. Elijah performed the task. And he got the blessings in between. Where are you at today? Are you like Elijah? He said, Ahab, the deluge is coming. I'm going to ask you some questions. You answer them in your heart. Do you you live expectantly? Is that your lifestyle? Do you expect great things that God's going to do in your life? Or do you sit back in a church on Sunday and say, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could experience God the way they experience God. You can. You can. 
Do little things excite you? Or does somebody have to hit you over the head with some big thing for you to get excited? You know what excited me this morning? Before I come up here to preach, there were people at this altar. Little things. That's what changes the atmosphere in the church. That's what grows the church closer to God. That's what we understand that God is powerful and He does answer prayer. The little things have to excite us. Mom and Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa, Great Grandpa, Great Grandma, and I'm in the latter. Now, act like a child sometimes. Get excited in the little things of life. Do you imagine the improbable? Do you expect the impossible? This great God, the Creator, Jehovah God, is our Father, and we don't expect the impossible. <laughs> and there's everything impossible through God. Do you smile? Now I'm talking about a smile that's just not here, that comes from here. Do you smile? Do you live on your tiptoes? What I mean by that? I mean, do you, when you get up in the morning, do you get up physically, not physically, but spiritually, get up on your tiptoes because you don't want to miss nothing God's going to do today. There are too many God people sitting on their Debbie Air. Y'all didn't think I knew that, did you? Do you see God's blessings in your life? Elijah got, uh, Elijah's God was the God who kept His promise. And guess what, folks? He's the same God today. And I'm going to close with this, this verse as a uh, praise team comes. Verse 46. And it says, in verse uh, chapter 18, it says, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of, Je of Jezreel. In other words, Elijah was so excited because of rain. He knew it was coming. But he got excited. And that chariot wasn't fast enough for him. He ran ahead of it. And that's good, folks. When's the last time you run ahead of the world? Because that's who Ahab was. When's the last time you got excited about God in your life? And you said, oh, it's so good to be a child of the king. When's the last time you told somebody about your God? Spiritual persistence. The thing God has given you. Will you finish it? As we stand, please.
I need your power in my life. I want to come to your altar and tell you I'm going to finish. I'm going to, I'm going to run the race of life. And I'm going to finish what you've given me to do. Will you come? Will you make a commitment to God today? God, I don't want to miss it. This church needs you to make a commitment.